The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek Narrated by Kurt Bonham Chapter 18 Lavender and Roses Society Gasping for air, heartbeat hammering, feet pounding the sidewalk, I hug a bodega entrance and make a quick left. The street sign reads, Central Park West. I haven't been in New York City long, but this is the second time I've been on this street, and Sapphire's a yard and a half ahead of me. She stops at the large, wide steps in front of the New York Historical Society, the second time we're stopping in front of this building. At the curb, there are four men dressed in sea-green coveralls and ball caps. The men, using pallet jacks, unload majestic, ornate granite and marble urns, overflowing with purple lavender and red roses. The urns line up into a makeshift maze at the foot of the steps. I recognize these urns. They are identical to the two on the steps outside Professor Stone's brownstone. One man wears a put-you-at-ease smile, makes eye contact. Psst! This way! He tilts his head to the steps. Mr. Daniels, you might want to switch to high gear. How do you know my name? Who are you? He tips his ball cap, points to his name tag. Dom Avoy, he says in a hint of a southern accent. I step backward and my arm brushes sapphire. Her stare ping-pongs from the men to the truck at the curb to the urns. Lavender and roses in elms. Her face lights up. Professor Stone wasn't lying. This society exists. Her voice bursts with excitement. What society? I ask. The Lavender and Roses Society. Professor Stone said the society entrance becomes visible when you're ready. He said he would let me join after the competition. Could he have meant these urns? She lets go of my arm, and her face clouds with confusion. Wait! Everything's gone! What's gone? The urns? The men? I still see everything. I noticed she lost the ability to see it all the second her touch left mine. Could seeing the entrance to the secret society have something to do with me? Touching me? Grab onto my arm again? She does, and her eyes widen, and I know she sees the men and urns and truck again. Boom! A heavy crash inches from my right side. An urn tipped over on its side, with dirt, lavender, and roses spilling out. Up the steps and inside, please, Dom says, his tone pleading. Sapphire and I rush around the urns and up the steps. The light fades, and at the top there's an archway. In the arch, an old oak door appears. It must have been hidden in the shadows. They went that way! A loud, gravelly voice gnashes every word from the bottom of the steps. I recognize the voice. One of the murderous men. One of the men with guns. One of the men who killed Professor Stone. Who I bet would love to kill Sapphire and me on sight. The old oak door swings open. Without hesitation, Sapphire and I step inside. But for some reason, I turn back. Dom and the other men in coveralls are still moving crates, but the urns and flowers are gone. 
They're moving just regular everyday crates. Where'd they go? The murderous, gravelly-voiced man halts in front of Dom. He looks up the stairs, rage etched on his face. He squints, stares, scowls, says something to Dom. Dom responds and gravel voice leaves, takes off up Central Park West. Sapphire tugs my sleeve. Boone, remember the card the detective gave you? Pull it out. What was the address? I look at the card and read, 177 and a half West Central Park, New York, New York, 10024. The Natural Historical Society is at 177 West Central Park, she says. There's no 177 and enough. I glance from the card to the doorway. The air grows heavy, the bottom of my feet tingle, and I'm instant to where the steps are gone. The door is gone, and in the door's place, an antique floor-to-ceiling painting of Manhattan Island. A placard at the bottom reads, Pre-1624. A red star marks the spot west of where we are, more or less. The names Kintcoying, Canarsie, Sapahannikin, Manhattan appear on the map. The words dragons and nymphs also appear on the map. Sure, weird things have been happening to me throughout my life, but since I've never left Wentzville, Missouri, the weird things have never left Missouri. But now, I'm in New York City for the first time, and weirder and weirder things are happening. Things way weirder than anything weird in Wentzville, Missouri. My only touchstone is Sapphire. I take her hand. You said Professor Stone told you about Lavender and Roses Society. What is it? All at once, I smell a mix of hairspray, chocolate, spearmint, peanuts, ink, and potato chips. Smack, click, munch. Why am I hearing gum-chewing, clicking pens, and potato chip munching? I ask. Sapphire and I both turn from the painting. What happened to the arch? How did we get in this lobby? Sapphire whispers. Do you see a woman wearing a beehive hairdo? Sapphire's fingers dig into my arm. I can't deny it. I see her. Red hair piled high, wearing glasses on the end of her nose, chewing gum, holding a tattered romance novel in one hand and a pen she keeps clicking in the other. She sits behind a semicircular marble desk etched with lavender and roses in its center. On her right, a black raven sits on a perch on the counter, its stare piercing. On her left, an enormous tuxedo black and white Maine Coon cat. The cat's face is all whiskers and fur with a pounce-first-ask-questions-later kind of face. Welcome to the Lavender and Roses New York Historical Society branch. I'm Velma. Please state your business. The big-haired woman's voice is an upbeat, lively nasal tone. Chomp, smack, click, munch, gum, gum, pen, gum. Where'd she come from? Sapphire whispers. I have no clue. I hold up the business card. Detective Rizzo's told us to meet him here. Without looking up from her romance novel, she points behind her. Third elevator on your left. Press number nine. Thank you, ma'am, I say. 
my manners overriding my nerves. The raven caws, which to me recommends caution and keeping your distance. The tuxedo cat jumps down, rubs against my leg, purrs welcome. I bend and pet the small tank of a cat. I bet you can take on a bear. He has taken on a bear, Boobala, and more, Thelma proudly says. I straighten and spot a bowl of wrapped candy. A sign beside the bowl reads, Beware the domovoy. Please take one or more. It may save your life. Intrigued, I decide to double check. May I take some candy, ma'am? Yes, Boobala, as much as you want, Velma says. She turns her attention to Sapphire. Darling, would you like to have candy too? Oh, no, thank you. I can't. I have a performance this weekend, Sapphire says. Suit yourself. Your funeral, Thelma says. Did you really just use that old cliche and say it's my funeral if I don't take candy? Sapphire asks. Thelma waves as if shooing a fly away. Please enjoy your stay at the Lavender and Roses Society. Simple rules to remember. One, take candy to save your life. Two, no taking books or objects unless you have permission. Three, no travel is permitted in the cabins and tunnels. And four, hang on when riding the elevators. I take two handfuls of candy, cram my bounty in my front pockets. Candy saves your life, Boobala. Thelma pushes the bowl closer to Sapphire. Candy does not save lives. A healthy diet and exercise saves lives. Sapphire's tone mimics an organic cereal commercial. Velma, what are the Domovoy? I ask, figuring this is something I'd better know. Oh, don't worry about the Domovoy. Don't take anything you're not supposed to, Boobala, and you'll be fine. Third elevator to your left, darling. And remember to hold on. She winks and goes back to her romance novel. I walk past the marble desk to a wall of antique-looking elevators. Sapphire and the cat follow. The elevator doors slide open. We all enter. I press number nine on the panel like Velma said. The doors shut, and the elevator lurches sideways to the right, forcing both Sapphire and I to grab waist-high brass railings. Illumination from round windows in the elevator doors casts an eerie light that brightens and darkens from left to right nine times. Then, the elevator stops. The doors open. Coming up next in The Devil Pulls the Strings by J.W. Zarek. Chapter 19 Here, There, Everywhere